ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week we get to discuss The Avengers, the first big Marvel movie, the culmination of a lot of the movies we've been talking about recently. But first, joining me as usual is Justin Pickard. Justin, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I am doing absolutely fantastic. How are fantastic. you Fantastic. Ooh, nice. Oh, yeah. Of course. Why wouldn't I be fantastic? That's lovely Saturday morning. Ah, it's well. Fu- we finally hit 50 degree weather, and I, uh, I'm i no longer frozen. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It's kind of nice to feel the snow piles kind of, you know, slowly going away. The, the piles of snow that were put together because... You ever go to parking lots during the winter, and you see all the snow piled up, like, in the middle? There's, like, these huge mounds. There's still a little bit of snow there for us, but it's, like, all kind of slowly every day going down and down and down. It's kind of funny. Yeah, same here uh, for us here in Michigan. Speaking of Michigan, and because this is a, a big show with a lot of entertaining news to discuss, as well as, you know, it's a team-up movie, so I figured, let's bring in another person. And from Michigan, Jason Lacey. I'm clearly all that the budget could uh, withstand this week on, on such tight constraints. So I'm lucky that, uh, to say that you guys could splurge on having me on the show you know, this week. Yeah, so I was talking to Justin about the budget, and <laughs> I did tell you that we'd give you a Snickers bar, but I'm sorry, we can't oh, even do that. Jeez. I'm actually surprised that it's been a while. I didn't know I could function this early on a, on a Saturday morning. So it was it was a good test for me. I, I appreciate you guys putting me up to it. Nice. <laughs> but all, all in all, thanks for having me. And I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk a little Avengers and, more importantly, some other news we had kicking around this week. Oh, man, this is a big week for me and you and Justin, I believe, too. So we got a lot of interesting news to get to. But first... What's been going on, guys? What have you been entertained by, Justin? Well, I, I'm sorry to beat the drum or whatever that dumb saying is, but um, <laughs> beat a dead horse. <laughs> that's the one. Uh, <laughs> drum. Still, <laughs> still playing Far Cry Four, um, but I'm seriously almost done this time. I've only got like five more missions to go. Serious this time. <laughs> I've got like three out of the four lieutenants are uh, gone. Um, and uh, yeah, still playing that. I'm almost done. I will finish it this weekend, I believe. So excited about that. It's still a great game. Um, and I will be able to move on and finish Dragon Age. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it for games. Uh, and a pretty light week for shows and movies. Um I've been addicted to Bates Motel lately. Uh, I don't know if any of you have seen it. There's I two. There's two nope. seasons nope. on Netflix. It's oh, really okay. good. Uh, so give it a shot. It's uh, really. I think it's like A and E is making it. So I, was, I wasn't expecting much, but it is a fantastic show. What does A and E even stand for? Arts and entertainment. Ah, mm-hmm. So is it artsy? <laughs> uh no uh it's not at all it's uh, a really dark weird show but it's really good interesting and, yeah so uh give that a shot i think the third season just started so uh very good co-worker recommended that for me and uh i did get to watch a wonderful little uh pick-me-up movie or a little uh 
happy movie, I like to call him. Uh, Chef, uh, starring and directed by John Favreau. That is an excellent movie. Yep, I just watched that recently as well. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I, it's one of those like little indie movies that it's like a pick me up, like a you know, made me, made me feel good. It was a happy go lucky movie, so I enjoyed it quite a bit. Did you want to get your hands on a Cuban sandwich though? Oh, after I watching did. that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not gonna start. Um, stop there. I plan on getting after watching that movie. I clearly have the skills to start my own food truck. <laughs> uh, so uh, so I can just make my own Cuban sandwiches at all times. That's the other thing with the weather, you know, finally getting a little warmer here, is I'm looking forward to the food trucks being around GR again because I don't think we have any... I've never had a sandwich, but I know what the truck has some amazing tacos, so I'm looking forward to getting my hands on those again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wish we had more. Uh, there's only a few trucks I know that would come down Grand Rapids, but... Uh, nonetheless, summer food in general. I actually just got the grill, grill out last night oh, to make nice. some to make some burgers, and I was pretty excited about that. I grilled some steaks last Sunday because there was the weather was finally nice, and I went out there in shorts and everything. Even though it was like <laughs> forty nine when I was grilling, but still, it was like, oh man, this is so nice. Yeah, forty degrees is absolutely uh, shorts and t shirt weather after for, this one. anyway, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so that's it for me. Uh, what have you been entertained by, Jason? Uh, you know, it was a lot of m- movies lately this week. Oddly enough, every night my wife was kind of be like, oh, do you want to watch a movie or something? I'm like, okay. So, um, we had watched, I didn't really know anything about this, but she had, um, recorded it on our DVR. It's a film called Blue Jasmine. And while I, I need to look it up here because I can't forget remember all the details but it's from 2013 and i guess um kate blanchett actually had won best actress um for her role in it and it's it's listed as like a dark comedy but um i went i didn't really think it was that funny but once you realize it's directed <laughs> by woody allen then it all the whole movie kind of makes sense uh, mm. um her character kind of it kind of does a lot of jumping around from um, the timeline between past and current events and it shows kind of the downfall of her character but she was very basically very wealthy her and her husband Alec Baldwin and then um he ends up getting arrested and you find out that he wasn't really this big shot investor he was basically uh stealing laundering a lot of money and it finally come back to bite him and so she basically loses everything and has to live with her sister and it's her kind of adjusting to all this wealth and having everything to nothing and she's just kind of a terrible person (laughs) um so it's kind of like a character drama in that regards, but it was it was still really good. Um, but it's still it's like one of those movies, especially with how it ends. You're kind of like, well, I'm kind of depressed now, and <laughs> that's that's what this you know kind of what you get from uh, a lot of Woody Allen pictures. So it's <laughs> um, the anti chef. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I had this record. I watched this movie years ago. I remember uh, some friends and I had tried to go see. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, and my one friend, um, she didn't, she forgot her ID, so they wouldn't let us in. And uh, after my buddy tried to bribe the uh, the guy checking the IDs at the door with twenty bucks, <laughs> um, we had to go see The Forgotten instead with uh, Julian Moore. And I had recorded that, so um, I showed it to my wife, and she enjoyed it. But uh, going back and seeing the movie, and it's still like entertaining, but it's not the best movie per se. That's the she, movie on the plane, right? Uh. No, this one's a little... That's the one with Jodie Foster. 
Okay. Um, very kind of similar in that respect. She it starts. She had the son that had died in this plane crash. Like I think like mm, at least a year ago prior to the events. And then all of a sudden one morning she wakes up and everyone's telling her she remembers, but everyone else in her life has no recollection of her son. Like her photo albums are blank. There's no evidence that she ever had a son at all. And her psychiatrist is like telling her and her husband and everyone in her life. And then, but she still clearly remembers him. Um, she runs into a, a somewhat acquaintance who had a daughter that was best friends with her son that was on the same plane and she gets him to remember and so on unraveling this uh what's what's going on with the kids and it's it's got a whole it's got a sci-fi spin on to it as well yep um i mean it's it's cool to see how it it, it unravels but it kind of uh like in the reviews I, and i kind of agree it's the the story gets a little a little far-fetched but it's still you know it was it was worth a watch for us and just recently last night we watched neighbors with uh seth rogan on the old HBO Go. Hubago. Not a whole lot you can say on this. I mean, it's what you expect. A lot of uh, typical humor that you get in a Seth Rogen film. So um, I don't think my, my wife enjoyed it that much <laughs> by the time we were getting <laughs> through the end. I could tell by the look on her face. But, yeah. I mean, I, I got a few laughs out of it. So yeah. It's a little um, bit raunchy. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it and, more than some other Seth Rogen comedies. So Yeah. Yeah, I like. I well, here's what I've learned though. You know, a couple years of marriage, so I'm I'm sure you know. I, no, no, I'm not putting the exact dates on here, but you know, the family thing's gonna happen sooner rather than later. So I can go to parties and do whatever I want, and I just leave the kid in my house as long as I got the baby monitor on. I'm good to go. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. What, if that's what I learned you from this movie. From that movie. That's what you learned. Yeah. <laughs> and as long as I drop shrooms or have some weed, it's all good. <laughs> in every Seth Rogen movie there has to be shrooms or weed or something like that That's it seems to be a staple of his features yeah, exactly and just rounding up I picked up Star Wars issue 3 on Wednesday uh, I've, I've read that, enjoyed it I'm trying to still get my hands on Vader I went in and I pre-ordered I ordered, um, Vader 1 and I tried to get Vader 2 but they're waiting on the second printing of Vader 2 which they said they're not going to get until like April Hmm. Um, Vader one was supposedly in yesterday, and I stopped in, but they didn't have. They had him in the back. They hadn't had a chance to uh, unpack the shipment yet. And then I guess I'm supposed to get an email, so uh, I still haven't been able to pick that up yet. But my buddy uh, Lucas told me that he he got subscribed to both Vader and Star Wars, and I think his wife picked him up Princess Leia. And it's a comic shop right by him, and he said they still have Vader in stock. So hopefully I'll I'll pick up Vader two there since I'm if Marvel actually mails me Vader 3. <laughs> and you know the uh, perils of the Marvel ordering system. Oh, yes. I don't even think I have Star Wars 3 yet. Ah, such a pain. I know. That's what, that's, what the, you, that's what that 40% discount gets us. I know. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, you know, I didn't play a lot of uh, video games, but uh, I played some Awesome Knots with Lucas here and there, and that's just a game I think I'm always going to go back to and play because... I just like it, so not much I want to say on that because I've I've talked about that game so many times in the past year. So awesome, nuts, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, fun times. Well, so I think I probably had the most entertaining week of all of us. Then um, yeah, look at that list. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll get started. I finished uh, House of Cards on Netflix. I still need to watch the first season. Uh, it's it's 
you're in for a treat, man. That's if I could go back and just watch it all again and just watch the events all unfold and transpire, that'd be great. Uh, Justin, have you gotten any farther in House of Cards yet? Yeah, I also finished it, so I'm right there with you. Nice. It was a good season, and uh, it's. I'm very excited for the next season. They definitely left it, you know, on a cliffhanger. Yeah, this is one of those seasons where it, it, it sets it up for the next one, I think, you know? Yeah. It kind of, it laid a lot of groundwork all the way through the season with everything that was going to happen, and then I think there's going to be some big payoffs at the next season. Exactly, yeah. I think they're counting on that, and it's popular enough to get away with something like that, so... But I, yeah. it was still a good season, but yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm not going to give away any spoilers or anything, but I thought it was interesting to watch the physical progression of Kevin Spacey's character throughout the season. Mm-hmm. He aged a lot in this season. Yeah, they did a really good job with uh, making that like apparent because um, he, he looks totally different. Even if you look at like season two compared to what he looks like at the end of season three, uh, mm-hmm. big difference. Yeah. So, uh, finished House of Cards, um, and then I was looking around Netflix to see what else they had that was interesting recently, and I started watching, I think I think maybe watched the first eight episodes, of the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Have you guys heard of or seen that? I've not seen it, but I've heard quite a bit about it in some other podcasts I've listened to, and I think on a couple of websites I've been talking about it a lot. That's the one that, uh, was Tina Fey's producing? Yep. Yeah. Or- yeah, I, I watched the first episode, and it didn't grab me right away, but I'll probably go back to it eventually. It didn't grab me right away either. It was, it, I would call it like a slow burn, so I gave it a, a second and a third watch to go through, because the episodes are like 22 or minutes or something like that long, so they're not, you can watch three of those in one house of cards, so I mean, you can get to it quickly. Um, but uh, it, the story gets better and more interesting as it goes along, I think. Like I said, I'm only maybe halfway through the first season. Uh, that they have out on Netflix, and it's it's an entertaining show. There's some funny stuff that's been happening. It just so the whole premise of it is uh, is that this person Kimmy Schmidt was locked away. You know, not she doesn't know any of the pop culture or anything of the last like 15 years, and so she comes and so she's basically from like the early 90s with all her mannerisms, with all her like thoughts and you know what she think what she thinks about things. So it's kind of funny with her trying to acclimate herself to the current times and stuff, uh, and it makes for some funny things. Plus, if you're a fan of like Thirty Rock, uh, it feels a lot like Thirty Rock from like the the music point of view. Um, there's a lot of like that trumpeting or whatever uh, instrument that is that they always had in Thirty Rock. So it's interesting. Other than that, uh, I have been playing some games. Uh, I was playing Madden 15 because why not? It's Madden. Oh, wow. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, trades happening in the NFL right now that have made me want to play some Madden. Uh, have you, Have you guys been watching any of the trades and things that are happening right now? Uh, yeah. Well, for us, there's some big Detroit moves that's been going on. Yeah, you guys got a lot. You got Sue headed away down to Miami now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty expected. Yeah. Did you? Did it, either of you see like the ridiculous deal he got down there though? Hmm. Uh, I can't remember the total. Like he got. I mean, he got a crazy amount. Yeah. But uh, next this year is not bad. But next year he accounts for like eighteen percent of their um, cap. They can have that too. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I heard like, too that because isn't it there, there's no. 
isn't there, somebody was telling me about this. There's no personal something tax in Miami, so like that alone, I think he's gonna save like eight million dollars. Yeah, what? that's something crazy. He he's uh he's making out pretty darn good. Uh, I'm I can't believe someone actually paid him that much, but um, for all the controversy that he brings, but yeah, it's Miami, whatever. Yeah, and then uh, fairly went to St. Louis. Yeah. Some shake up on the defensive front, so I think now you just gotta go all in on offense and just outscore everyone. (laughs) But this the the Philadelphia circus has been interesting to watch. Uh huh. I'm really interested to see if they're gonna stick with Bradford or if they're gonna, you know, try to draft or trade for something else. Yeah, so my team is St. Louis, so obviously I saw like the trade between Foles and and Bradford. I, I don't understand the trade because I mean, Bradford's been my quarterback for the past, I think, three or four years, and the only thing he's done of of note is get hurt and warm the sideline. So, <laughs> I I don't know. Nick Foles, all he did was broke his collarbone, I think. Um, he's been he was he was more productive than Bradford was in that same time uh, time frame. Anyway, th- this could divulge into a whole sports discussion, but... Uh, sports! <laughs> needless to say, uh, that kind of stuff made me want to play some Madden, so I popped it in and played that. Uh, also, last night, I started playing Battlefield Hardline on my Xbox One, thanks oh, to nice. EA Access. Uh, so with EA Access, if you guys aren't familiar on Xbox One, you get uh, like 10 hours to play uh, a new game that's coming out before it comes out five days before it's available so i downloaded that and started playing that uh and in the trial there's only a limited amount of the story you could actually go through is like the first chapter of the story so i went through the first chapter uh and it's interesting it's it's different than what i was expecting so basically it's you're a cop and you have a partner and you go and you're trying to find out this guy who's doing like some drug deals and stuff goes down, obviously, in Battlefield fashion. It kind of is Michael Bay-esque. <laughs> so uh, it, it's interesting the way uh, that they're presenting it. I, I'm not... The last Battlefield game that I played was the Battlefield 4. And I didn't even complete the whole story in that one. But it's it's a lot more of a story-driven game as far as the, the campaign goes this time, it looks like. So I might actually give it a... a, a a look when it comes out and try out the the full story but i haven't played the multiplayer yet there's a lot of different modes there's like cops and robbers heists your your normal deathmatch and things like that so there's some interesting game modes that are going to be available uh, to check out when it comes out on full release hmm other than that uh, i haven't played any other games uh recently i don't believe Except for, I did play a tabletop game called Star Wars X-Wing. Yes. Played that with a couple co-workers of mine, uh, and I tweeted out a photo when I did so. It was, it's a great game. Have you guys ever played Star Wars X-Wing, or do you know what it is? I haven't played it, no. Uh, I'm, I'm not even that familiar with it yet. Okay. How about you, Jason? Uh, I'm familiar with it. Um, I've... I've looked. I've picked it up and held the box many times. I've looked at the, you know, expansion ships. I've contemplated buying it, and I've watched the uh, the tabletop uh, video on it as well. So I'm familiar with the system and how it works. But unfortunately, nobody I know has it, and I have not yet played it. Man, if you guys weren't up in uh, Michigan, I'd say you should come over and play it. But <laughs> it might be a little bit of a drive for you to get down here. Uh, but yeah. it's a it's a great game. 
Uh, I can't recommend it enough. If you're into tabletop and you're into Star Wars, uh, and you got a buddy who's into Star Wars, or so they they have uh, all these expansion packs now, and one of the later expansion packs is called Scum and Villainy. So it allows a third faction to kind of play in, which is kind of more like bounty hunters. So you have the Empire, the Rebels, and now you have the Scum and Villainy section. Uh, so you can have three-player games. It's pretty cool. Um, but played that over lunch, uh, and that was only one part of my Star Warsing for this week. Uh, I also read Son of Dathomir, the comic book uh, that was released. That is a an adaptation of a storyline that was supposed to be produced for the Clone Wars TV show to kind of tell what happened to Darth Maul after the events that you see him last in the Clone Wars. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Clone Wars uh, TV show that well to know what I'm talking about. But, uh, oh, yes. Okay. So there, there's a point where uh, he is captured by a certain person, and this takes place after that. Does it have a, does it kind of have a clean, I shouldn't say clean, but like a direct ending to his storyline, or does it leave it open for more well, without, I would love without to, giving anything away? Well, I would love to answer that. I'm not going to. Ah, all right, I'm going to have to read it. <laughs> it's, it was actually a good read. I mean, and so when I read through it, I could hear, you know, Sam Witwer's voice as Darth Maul. Uh, Mother Talzin was in it, Dooku, Palpatine, obviously. So a lot of the great character players were in it. Uh, and as a fan of Palpatine, as I know most of us are, there's some interesting play between him being Sidious and him being the uh, Chancellor. So... Uh, it, it was a good story. I definitely recommend it. Uh, and I've had it sitting around for a long time. I just haven't... I don't know why. I haven't read it. I had it ever since it first came out, the trade paperback. And I decided I was going to start working on this backlog because of some other news we'll get into later on. And part of that also was I delved into Tarkin. Um, Jason, I believe you have that as well, don't you? Yeah. I've been meaning to crack it open, and I've been uh, too sleepy. Every night, so I haven't uh, I haven't read because usually if I start reading when I'm tired, it's just like uh-huh. I'm out. But not yet. And I'll honestly say you probably don't want to start Tarkin when you're sleepy. Um, it so unlike the Star Wars comic books that we've been reading recently, it doesn't have a whole lot of action up front. So uh, you might want to start it when you're in a good frame of mind and maybe have some coffee so that way you don't fall asleep. But it is a great story so far. Uh, it's really a lot of character development, a lot of background on Tarkin, um, so I think you'll enjoy that when you get through it. Add to that, I've been listening to all sorts of Star Wars music while I read comics, <laughs> while I read books, while I drive in the car, while I work. Uh, it's just been a great Star Wars eventful week for me, I say. Just listen to the music and things like that. So that's a good way to run it all out for that. And uh, I backed my first Kickstarter this week. So, oh, nice. Uh-oh. <laughs> there's a there's a a podcast that I listen to called Now Playing. They do movie reviews, uh, and they're wanting to put out a book. And to do so, they have a Kickstarter. So they've met their goal, and now they're going for a stretch goal. So uh, I backed for that. The level that I backed at allows me to pick one movie for them to review in the book. So oh, nice. I'm kind of excited about that. And uh, it's it's one of my favorite movies, and it's it's a movie that I think ties in well to their theme because they're reviewing a hundred or so movies um, about underrated movies that they recommend. So 
Uh, again, that's the Now Playing Kickstarter. If you go to Kickstarter and search it, you'll see it under Now Playing Podcast. Uh, another reason why I, want, why I wanted to back it was because they're in Springfield, Illinois. Um, at least part of the group is. So they're kind of kind of local for me. So I wanted to make sure that I supported some local folks as well. So that was my first Kickstarter. I think I saw I think I saw the tweet go out once you had backed it. So I did like I went through their Kickstarter and read through that. So it seems pretty cool. Yeah. So definitely, if you like movies and stuff, their podcast is interesting to check out. They usually review movies. Like right now, they're doing the the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, so they're gonna go through all those and then do the Fast and Furious or just Furious Seven, whatever you wanna call it, when it comes out. So interesting podcast over there. But how about we now segue into the news? Our five entertaining bits of news, anyway. So there's a lot of news this week, um, a lot to cover. And we'll start with the Apple event that happened. Did you guys uh, take a look at any of the stuff that came out of that? Yeah, I was paying attention to it. It was uh, going on while I was at work, so I was, you know... Doing a little bit of multitasking, trying to pay attention to what was going on. And, <laughs> multitasking. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, some interesting news. Uh, I mean, the main thing seemed to be the Apple Watch, of course, which I think everyone was expecting that. How much are you going to spend for an Apple Watch? Do you guys even have iPhones? I have. I actually just got my first iPhone. I got the new iPhone like a couple months ago, and it's my first like Apple device. And I really like it, but... Uh, I'm not, I don't plan on diving <laughs> into buying all Apple products either, so. You're not going to buy a $10,000 watch? Um, Get- well, you know, I've, as we record, I'm actually sitting around by just piles and piles of money, <laughs> but um, I think I'm going to save all that money for other uh, endeavors. You got, like, uh, in DuckTales, uh, what was the uncle's name? That would jump Uncle into Scrooge. the Uncle Scrooge. Yeah, you're like him. You're gonna jump into your vault and just swim around in your coins. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, I'm sitting <laughs> on a chair made of gold coins right now, but um, <laughs> yeah, you get a coin. Uh, <laughs> uh, I uh, I think I have other uses for that money other than a ten thousand dollar gold i watch or whatever they want to call it, Apple Watch. Yeah, so it was interesting because the cheapest watch is three fifty, and that's still that's like you know the janky version. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not spending three fifty for something that's like not gonna be at least decent in in the range of stuff. Like, I think they should have started about a hundred bucks and then yes. gone up from there. But even that, I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna get one. I'll wait till the five, the iWatch five SC plus. <laughs> right. I'm not too. I'm just not too sold on the whole wearables move yet. I mean, right now, I feel like for the early adopters, it's more like a status symbol type thing, especially with the gold plated one. Yeah, that they have. <laughs> I mean, but like I, I had just recently, I've actually migrated out of the Apple ecosystem, um, and I just don't, I don't know. Like I have a Fitbit that I acquired because my wife got a new one, so I've been like that's been cool to use. But I just don't, I don't know. I don't see the perks of the whole having the like a smart watch type setup yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I'm not really sold on it yet either. If I had. Like I said, I would probably jump in at like a hundred bucks or something like that to try something out that was interesting. But I just, I don't know. These these Apple watches aren't going to be for me, not yet anyway. Um, but there are a lot of cool things that they do with like the health and things like that that they can. It's like a Fitbit, obviously, but 
a lot more expensive. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I, and I know like the ten thousand watch, like you said, is a gold plated watch, and I know there are actual time pieces uh, that are a lot more expensive than that. However, if you look at a Rolex and compare it to the Apple collection of iWatches. The Apple collection of iWatches will probably still only last you two years, like a current smartphone only lasts two years, whereas a Rolex is a timepiece that's forever. I mean, you pass that down to generation. You can't really pass down an iWatch. Your, your battery's probably going to need replaced in five years. Um, uh, that's a really good point, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, all of our uh, tech devices, you got to replace them, so... Yep. And speaking of replacing things, just when you thought your USB devices were safe, they also uh, are going to be using USB-C on their new MacBooks. Did you guys look into this uh, new USB? It's not it's not proprietary to Apple. It's actually a, a widely used USB. Um, did you did you see this announcement at all? Yeah, I'm I'm like so I understand that it's like double sided or whatever, so you can't. It can go in either way or whatever into the port, but so is, is it backwards compatible at all, or I'm a little confused about that. So pretty much, from what I understand, that this port is something that you plug adapters into. So whatever you need to do, you plug into there, and then you can put like you know your your video feed out, uh, a USB connection out, uh, or you know um, any sort of Whatever you would typically have, like if you look at your uh, laptop or whatever right now, how you have all these different ports, they'd all just be in that one port. And then it just adapts to do whatever you need to do. I hmm. think it's kind of cool technology, but at this point, I don't think it's well thought out yet. Because then you have to have adapters for everything. So right. you're going to have to buy adapters, whereas everything else was just there before. So, I don't know. A money grab, kinda, in my opinion, at this point, anyway. But one other thing from the Apple event that I wanted to touch on was HBO Now. Have you guys heard about that yet? Yes. Yeah, I, I read about it. Are you excited? Are you? Is it what you were expecting to hear? Were you thinking it was just going to be HBO Go for the subscription service? Just pay, you know, outside of that. What'd you think? Yeah, I'm a little confused. I mean, I guess. I'm sure there's a reason, but I think it's a little weird. Like, they couldn't just integrate a different sign-in for HBO Go. Like, why Why do they need a whole new app? Unless they did do the whole new app thing just so they could kind of restart. I mean, it's exclusive to Apple devices right now, which is a big deal. Yep, it's so, a timed exclusive. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's why they went with the new app route so they can stay exclusive to Apple for... I think they said it's only really for like the first three months or four months. Kind of really for Game of Thrones is what it's mm -hmm. exclusive for. And then they will be coming to other devices. So I'm sure Roku and Chromecast and, you know, and four years, uh, I'm sure my PS4 will finally have the app. <laughs> <laughs> but then it uh, won't be blocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so, uh, I, it's, it's kind of what, it's like half what I expected and half what I didn't expect. The price point makes sense for the service, 15 bucks a month. Yeah, I think the price point's good. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm bummed out. I w I was, I've been researching, trying to figure out where I can get the cheapest internet around here. Um, cause I was getting ready to, you know, I'm getting ready to get rid of my cable service cause I did want to switch to, 
just getting HBO and internet, and then I can, you know, I've got my Netflix, and I'd be all set, but I might be holding off on that for a little bit longer. Yeah, and if you wanted to um, use it on your current provider and you wanted to watch it on your TV, uh, you could grab one of the cheaper Apple TVs that were announced, too, if you uh, were so inclined. That yeah, way, if you wanted to use your same ISP. $69 now? Yeah. the I think it's the same model, pretty much, as last year's, yeah, uh, or the last generation, but they just lowered it 30 bucks now to kind of compete, because there's a lot of stuff coming out in the $30 range, like Chromecast, uh, Amazon TV, obviously Roku, they all have kind of different levels. So I think they're they're having to compete now in that market where at first they were kind of the only thing. I think when it first came out they were like two hundred bucks and they went down to one fifty, then they went to one hundred, now they're at sixty nine. Um, mm. So it's interesting how they're trying to to catch up, but they haven't really changed their technology yet. Like I have a uh, an Apple or not an Apple uh, an Amazon uh, Fire TV stick. Whenever I think of it, I always think of that Nick Nolte commercial. <laughs> um, but I have one of those, and I don't even use that. And I have a Chromecast, and I don't use that either because I have an Xbox and a PS3 and a 360 and all this other stuff hooked up to my different TVs. So all the apps that I want to use are available on those, and it's easy to get to on them. So I just I don't even use them anymore. But anyway, I thought that would be uh, was a, a nice little recap of the Apple event. Uh, moving away from the tech side. Um, there's another bit of, this is not really news per se, but it is a kind of a, a cool thing that I came across in a story. There's a documentary that's being created, uh, that's another Kickstarter that you could support if you were so inclined, called Back in Time. Have you guys heard of this at all? This is a first for me. Yeah, I have not heard of this. Okay, so when I was, you know, kind of looking through stuff, I wanted to find something that wasn't a mainstream news item, and I found this one. I'm a huge fan of the Back to the Future uh, show, uh, the movies, and I thought it was kind of cool that they were going to do this. They're they're making this documentary now. They you know they they've got interviews with the Robert Zemeckis, the director, uh, different other people in the cast, Michael J. Fox, um, and they have uh, this documentary that's coming out in October of this year, because October of this year is when he went to the future. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that or not. I think it was October twenty fifth, nineteen uh, twenty fifteen. But that was the day that he went to the future, actually, in, I think, Back to the Future 2. So yep. Yep. if if we don't have hoverboards and flying cars and all this other kind of stuff by October, something's wrong. <sighs> I'm sorry, but I have to. I had to pull up Spotify. i got to pull up some Huey Lewis now. i just got to hear, hear the song. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Back in Time is the name of the documentary. If you are interested in checking out more information, uh, you can uh, look them up on Kickstarter. They also have uh, a website as well that you can Google and find. But Back in Time is the Back to the Future documentary. Sweet. You know, it, it didn't get a lot of uh, great reviews, but, you know, I really enjoyed You know, Telltale did a Back to the Future uh, season, and I really enjoyed it as being a fan of the movies. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean... Not as good as their future entrance, but I mean, it it really captures the feel of those movies with the uh, the music and the. I mean, plus they had Christopher Lloyd still doing the the dialogue for Doc. Um, and the kind of the guy that they got for Martin McFly actually did a really good job in yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, he nails it. Um, so, just something for Back to the Future fans to check out, maybe. Yes, sir. 
So, moving on to another thing in the future. Zoolander 2. Confirmed for February uh, 12th, 2016 release. Did you guys like the first Zoolander movie? Or should I just say Zoolander? Fun fact. I've seen... I think I've seen the movie in its entirety, but never all in one sitting. <laughs> I've seen, like, the last half, or I've seen the first half, or I've seen 20 minutes here or there. But I don't know if I've ever actually sat down and watched it from start to finish before. That's a crying shame. <laughs> yeah. Justin, how about you? Oh, I've seen it, absolutely. Um, and uh, all I'm really worried about this, um, I'm, I'm excited. I think it'll be great. But if it does not um, have a guest appearance by David Duchovny, then I'm going to be very <laughs> upset. Yeah. Uh, so he had one of the more, I, that was always one of my more favorite uh, scenes from the movie. So. Yeah, that was that was a great part when he showed up there as the hand model. Yeah. And he had the little glass tuber in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my worry is that this is going to be another Anchorman 2 kind of scenario, uh, right? Yeah. It's, it's it so many be. years after the first one. And I think that first one hit kind of at the right time. I mean, Will Ferrell was hot. You know, all those. He was so hot right now. And then... Uh, just some other stuff. Like, the Mugatu character was great for that time. And I don't know if, if Mugatu would be back for this one or not. I, I think that they'd probably have him, but probably have someone else, too. So they'll probably try to recreate the uh, the effect of the first one. But as long as Owen Wilson's in, Ben Affleck... Not Ben Affleck. Ben Stiller. Uh, it'll be it'll be good. Yeah. And they uh, Owen Wilson was with Ben Stiller, actually. They went to, like... A actual modeling show and walk down the runway yeah. uh, to announce this movie. So, uh, yeah, it's good to hear that both of them will be back. Yep. So, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to some more walk offs uh, or whatever they have. But mm-hmm. that movie is, is hilarious. It's, you know, okay, we always give Justin a little bit of grief for not seeing movies. Jason. <laughs> you must watch entirety in one sitting this movie it is so good <laughs> i don't want to do my homework dad <laughs> hey, listen, uh, i get homework every week so <laughs> from this show <laughs> yeah so i'm looking forward to that i'm i'm hoping I, I will go see this movie in theaters it's a february release so that doesn't bode well for it but uh, i will go see it in uh uh, in, re, in the theaters next year. As well, what I will be going to see in the theaters next year, and this year, and the year after. Let's move into the biggest news item, for me personally, of the week. Star Wars. <laughs> so, uh, first off, there's a new standalone film coming out called Rogue One. Now, we don't know much about it. We know who some of the casting is. We know who's directing it. I think we know who's writing it. From the title alone, let's let's do some speculating. What do you think we're going to see in Rogue One? Uh, I'm assuming a lot of space fights. <laughs> uh, I, I would hope so. That's good enough for me. That's all I really need. If it was... Uh, an hour and a half to two hours of just epic battles in space, 
I'm quite all right with that. Yeah. What um, about you, Jason? What are you thinking? Well, I immediately think when I hear Rogue, especially with a call sign like that, you think of Rogue Squadron. However, like I, I was listening to um, some podcasts yesterday, and they they were talking about this uh, as well, and they're talking about because um, I guess some concept art was shared as well, oh. and if and if the, what I've found is the same concept art that was mentioned, um, it looks like it's it's more like of a, a ground like all the concept art was like ground based military, so like it showed a lot of. Um, like rebel troopers, similar in similar gear to what they had in Endor, and it showed like them battling like uh, walkers and things like that, which looked sweet. Don't get me wrong, but I was kind of I was a little disappointed because I'm hoping to see more of a, a space focused. Not that I would be disappointed with you know ground combat because I think that'd be done pretty sweet as well. But I was really hoping for like Rogue Squadron, basically. Yeah. So when I see a title Rogue One. I obviously too think of Rogue Squadron, and what I envision is is a a movie that maybe focused around the formation of Rogue Squadron, um, or it could be you know just you know focused around the squadron that's already been pre-existing, and mm-hmm. just battles that they'll go you know skirmishes against you know Imperial forces or whatever, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see what they actually are able to do with it because. If you look at it, there's a lot of potential in that format because there's not a lot of movies that are about um, even squadrons of people, you know, that are about... I think the last movie that I saw that was based on a squadron of people was actually the... Uh, it was the George Lucas movie he did about the Tuskegee Airmen. Oh, uh, Red Tails. Yes. So that was... That's that's a genre that's not really tapped very much because, I don't know, uh, but it makes sense to to do one about it because it would be great to see it yeah i'm just uh i'm, I'm not gonna lie it's star wars so <laughs> i'm immediately interested uh-huh. and want to see it so but i mean i'm incredibly biased so yeah so uh anything else it, to add i, on I think it's, it's interesting too that you know that it confirms that uh felicity jones is a cast for this so pretty much anything that's you know these early news leaks that have happened have all been pretty spot on when it comes to casting their yeah especially for casting so now you'll have to forgive me but felicity jones is not a name that i recognize yeah the only thing that i like i've not seen anything that she's in i know most recently she played uh she was in um theory of was it the theory of everything was she mrs hawking yeah oh okay but beyond that, I'm not looking at her her credit her like any of her acting credits here, so I can't. I know I'm looking through this news article, but I don't see right where it's listed about her. But that's the only thing I know immediately she's been in. Um, but beyond that, no, I don't. Okay. Well, if there's no other topics of discussion on Rogue One, let's move into the other piece of this news. Is that the next? enumerated, I'll call it, movie, the proper Star Wars sequel, Episode Eight, will be released in 2017, but not in December, like the other two movies. It's going to be in May of 2017. May 26th, 2017. Hmm. So I'm glad that we're back to May releases. It makes it a lot easier to stand outside and wait. Yeah. <laughs> than it does to do in December. 
Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to that because I remember when Revenge of the Sith came out, uh, that was the first one in line of the theater there, and, you know, I did my little little thing where I brought my lightsabers and stuff, and, you know. <laughs> and it, it ended up being that there was a line literally wrapped around the theater um, to go see it when, it when it opened. They filled up, I don't know, I remember how many cinemas were, were filled by the Revenge of the Sith, but uh, they had a ton of people there, and it makes it a lot easier. It was, a literal, it was literally a blockbuster uh, because there were people all around the block. Oh, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, one more bit of news on the Star Wars front, and this one came out earlier than the the Rogue One on Episode Eight news, is that there is a a book series we'll call it that's going to be coming out that's called Journey to the Force Awakens. Uh, it's a twenty book series that's going to chronicle the events from the end of Jedi the beginning of uh, The Force Awakens. And while it may sound daunting, 20 books obviously is daunting, but they're not all going to be like novels. So like if you think of Tarkin or uh, Lords of the Sith, they're not going to all be like that. There's maybe, I think there were going to be about four that were like that. Uh, one of them called In a- Aftermath, which is going to be kind of like an epilogue of Jedi and a prologue of the new uh, Force Awakens. But it's also going to include um, some different perspective books of the retelling of episodes, I think, uh, 4, 5, and 6, if not also 1, 2, and 3, but I think definitely 4, 5, and 6 from a different character's perspective. And I don't know if it's a new character or an ancillary character or what, um, but that'll be interesting to just kind of see that from a different perspective, how they tell that. And then there's also going to be like the young, uh, young reader books, like the Scholastic books. They're going to tell stories that take place in that time period too. So if you're heavy into the Star Wars books and you want to get all the story, um, there'll be a ton of, of content. But it also includes the sticker books. So that's not a whole lot of reading <laughs> or whatever to get through. But sticker books too also included in that number of books. Yeah, it is. yeah I'm definitely going to be hitting up the library. <laughs> I'm not going to be buying, you know, all of these, but. Yeah, I'll probably pick up the novels, the proper novels, but I'm not going <clears> to <throat> pick up any of the young reader stuff. Yeah. I, I figure I can get a synopsis online for those, or like you said, the library. Yeah. Yep. Wikipedia. Wiki, Wiki, Wikipedia? Wikipedia. <laughs> All right, so if I have there's... a couple interesting things I just stumbled across before we started recording uh, related to Star Wars. It looks like uh, EA is on the list for appearing at uh, Celebration in Anaheim this April. You know what that means. Yeah. yeah. Battlefront. Come on, get Battlefront gameplay. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Kanan apparently is selling uh, well now as well. The, yeah, uh, it's sold over 100000 Yep. Every issue so far has sold over 100000 for them, which is surprising. I mean, for every issue to hit that mark, that is a big mark to hit. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I, I also subscribe from that from Marvel. Maybe I'll get it by next year, hopefully. <laughs> whenever, whenever Marvel sends their comic to me, who knows. One last bit of news to cover, and it ties in well with our theme for this week and the movie that we're about to discuss is that, and I love these stories, and I want to make sure I publicize them when I see them because everybody else just talks about the Kardashians and whatever else that's not even important. But Robert Downey Jr., 
worked with uh, a company and a developer to create a bionic arm for a seven-year-old boy who was born with a um, with a with an arm that was uh, under deformed or underformed. So, uh, did you guys see this uh, this news bit at all? The video that they posted up up there. Yeah, I, I watched the video. It was yep. it was a nice heartwarming. Uh, like you said, it's good to see stuff like that. You know, similar to the Chris Evans thing and stuff. Uh, it's good to see. Uh, and uh, yeah, RD RDJ is just uh, great at at being Iron Man. So, so mm-hmm. the DC actors need to step it up. Marvel actors are just killing it. Uh-huh. That's very true. Yeah, come on, Henry Cavill or and uh, <laughs> Affleck. Gosh. And what, what's what's the other guy's name that's gonna play on Aquaman? Um, oh, Jason, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. <laughs> Jason Momoa. Yeah. Come on, Jason Momoa. Kids are probably I, scared of him. Exactly. Though. Yeah. I don't know if you <laughs> want him showing up at a children's hospital or well, anything. <laughs> if he shows up and someone's like, "You are my moon and stars," or whatever it was, I'm like, uh. "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah." That could turn into a weird thing. Like, wait, wait a minute, kid. How are you? You're not supposed to be watching that show. <laughs> yeah. So I just. I, I loved this story when I saw it, uh, and it tied in well with our theme this week. But uh, I, I do want to make sure that you know it, I try to create awareness for these type of stories because, especially when it's dealing with kids um, that are that they're like you know we talk, we talked about Chris Pratt and Chris Evans, you know Captain America and Star Lord, how they did that little bet during the Super Bowl, um, and even though you know the Patriots won, uh, they both fulfilled their obligation or their their bet to go to both of the hospitals dressed as their characters. and I, Have you guys seen the pictures of that when they went through and did that too? Yeah, that was pretty cool to yep, see. Yep. Yeah. So I just love seeing these stories. Um, and all I'm waiting for now is Nick Fury to go and make an appearance in each one of those events and <laughs> just kind of be standing there in the background. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So that leads us in nicely to our uh, entertaining thoughts for this week with the Avengers. Avengers. Okay, do you guys know why they say it's it it's called Marvel's The Avengers? Enlighten no, me, no, sir. No idea. So they they called it Marvel's The Avengers because they couldn't just call it The Avengers because there was a movie uh, called The Avengers already, with which is like a, a British spy movie. It had Uma Thurman in it and it had oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Connery. Uh, so that was called The Avengers. And we're not talking about that movie. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Marvel's The Avengers. Uh, and so that's why, if you see it referred to, like, whenever you read it in print or something, it's always called Marvel's The Avengers. Um, so that way it's it's clear which, which Avengers that we're talking about. So, Marvel's The Avengers. And this week we're going to do things different yet we're still refining our process for discussing movies seeing what feels what feels best for us and this week i thought we would try something a little bit different no plot summaries no this is what happened if you're listening to this part you know what happened if you're listening to these movies do you have seen this movie there's no reason that i need to go over the plot so without further ado let's just talk 
about the Avengers, what we liked about it, what we thought. Kind of just go like a round-robin discussion. And we'll start with Mr. Justin Pickard. All right. Uh, well, first, I mean, my favorite thing by far about this movie is just Hulk in general. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's important to know. I mean, we have, we've got a new actor playing as Hulk um, this time around, uh, Mark Ruffalo. So, uh, I was, and I was excited, I, I was confused why, uh, um, they had a switch or, you know, why someone wouldn't want to be in the Avengers, uh, but they picked up Mark Ruffalo to play the Hulk and he just like, he is, he's perfect as the Hulk. He owns it. Yeah, um, or as Bruce Banner, I should say. As I mean, Banner, is, yeah, yeah, is what what he's really um, acting as, and uh, I mean, I, seriously, like it's just the first scene you see with him when he's uh, he kind of scares Agent Romanoff by slamming uh-huh. on the desk, and right right then I was like, okay, this guy can play like angry. That's awesome. So uh, really, it, between him, um, and then all the scenes of Loki are my favorite. Because uh, I think this so is half, when, half the movie. Then yeah, this is when this is when Loki really comes into like, because I mean he was evil or whatever in Thor, but like this is when you truly see him as like this evil conniving guy. Uh, but yeah, like I just I don't know. I just remember walking out of the theater and going, Hulk is the best ever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean. The storyline was awesome. I love um, and the music is really good. Another thing that really sticks out to me, or like one scene, is when they uh, they're in the middle of the fight in New York, and I think they finally realize they all need to like come together. And there's like that scene when like they're playing the uplifting music, and they're all standing in a circle, pointing their weapons outwards. And uh, that was another like really awesome like feel good moment in the movie. Yeah, I don't. I forget what they call that shot uh, where where they're all because there, there's a name for that type of shot where they do that. Uh, but yeah, I like that one too. <clears throat> but yeah, um, uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, I hate to get stuck up on the Hulk, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot uh, of people did. Yeah, I, I think that's just, like, I don't know, I walked away, and that's why I thought of it. Um, I think the other, you know, and, like, I remember watching this with my uh, my wife, and I think, you know, she's not huge into the Marvel comic book stuff or anything, but I think a lot of people like that can still enjoy this movie. Like, it was a very grounded movie, um, even for, without seeing any of the other movies. Like, it just, it... It worked well, um, but man, that scene when Hulk finally just grabs Loki and smashes him to the ground—I think <laughs> it took everyone by surprise. And I remember uh-huh. like everyone at the theater like kind of clapping and like like a lot of people were. That was an awesome moment in the movie. Uh, but and another thing for me to know, I'm not a comic book guy at all. Uh, oh really? <laughs> Uh, not that I have anything. I guess I just never watched, no, uh, read them, so I don't know any of the stories or anything. But after this um, movie, 
is when uh, in the appearance, the credit scene of um, Thanos. Thanos, yeah, is when I was like, okay, I need to start like reading up on all of this crazy Marvel stuff, and the Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos, and uh, I was pretty excited about like having something to like dive into to read about. Um, unfortunately, I use Wikipedia to read all this stuff instead of actual comics, but I do love like just like reading all the lore and stuff. So this movie really got me into that stuff. Nice. But uh, yeah, what uh, what, what were some of your guys' uh, favorite things or favorite scenes? Jason, why don't you go ahead because I'm pretty sure that I will <laughs> speak at length. <laughs> well, first off, I I love that this was you know this was like a destination film. Like we had, you had been building to this point with all these previous films of you know introducing characters, building these this groundwork. And now you finally got to see it come together. And for me, this was like, this is the first time I saw that many, not let alone like major actors, but that many major character players come together in one film. So immediately I was always, I was like, man, how are they going to balance all of this? Is it going to feel, is it going to feel too congested? Is it going to be, are we going to have enough time for each character to kind of shine in a way? Is it going to be too clustered? And I was just, I was really psyched about this movie. Um, but actually, I wanted. I didn't want to splurge for IMAX 3D, but 3D. But my brother, I went with my two brothers, and we went and saw it in just regular 3D, which was an interesting experience. And I ended up actually getting it um, on Blu-ray in 3D as well. And uh, it's fun. It's still. It doesn't translate quite as well in the home theater, but it's still. It's still really fun to uh, to watch that way. It just kind of adds a little bit to the film. I don't find it to be too distracting or anything like that, but I have to agree. Like I'm not as huge um, on Hulk, but as Justin said too, this is like this is really I like I I, I kind of ignore the previous Hulk films, so this is like you know reintroduction to the Hulk and actually kind of make for me it made Hulk relevant again. And I I had the same type of concerns with Ruffalo. I was like, well, how is he going to translate as Bruce Banner? And again, I think he did you know a fabulous job in that in that role. And I, I, have, I really like pretty much every actor in their in their part in this. Uh, it was interesting though that uh, you know Jeremy Renner's playing kind of a quote unquote bad guy for most of the the film, thanks to Loki. But uh, it it was it worked for me. My my concern, my slight concern though, was going into it was like, okay, who's is Loki? How is Loki gonna stand up to all this this grouping of this band? of heroes and I kind of I feel like that it was kind of a, a little bit of a throwaway with uh, the whatever army he you know he he raises the Chitari yeah because they just seem to come and go so quick we like introduce them very quickly and then at least now for the time being they're they're gone now maybe they're gonna reappear in some form in some of these later films um as far as like favorite scenes or things like that I, lo- I love the, the the little conflict we see with uh, when um, Thor first shows up and he's trying to take Loki back, and then Iron Man, you know, goes out and they're fighting, and then Cap jumps down into the middle of it, and then you have that the whole "You want me to drop the hammer?" <laughs> and then you know, it hits the shield and just causes that massive shockwave reverberation and just takes out everything in its path. 
Mm-hmm. That was a really cool scene. Um, Which, quick point on that. His shield must not be made out of vibranium. Because <laughs> if I don't know if you guys are familiar, but uh, his shield in the comics was made out of a substance called vibranium, I believe. I think that's right. And uh, that substance takes sound, so it like muffles sound. There wouldn't be any sort of echo or anything like that, like there was in the in the movie there. But I uh, just wanted to add that a little bit in there before I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I believe that in... I believe the... <laughs> in scene 16, part 4, at the 13-second mark, you can uh, clearly see... Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I it was just cool. To, like, the whole final, like, was it probably the last 20 minutes or so, that last battle? I mean, that's by far some of my favorite parts of the movie. You know, the whole the Hulk um, smashing Loki... The, the tagline that you see in the trailers, you know, with Robert Downey Jr., you're like, oh, we have a Hulk. That's great. And then just when he shows up, because you know, prior to that, you know, Bruce Banner wasn't with the group, and all of a sudden he shows up, delivers that line about uh, asking because I'm going to try to remember, what is, what is the exact line where they ask him how he, uh, it was something about how he's angry. And he's like, that's, he's, that's the secret. He's always angry. Yeah. Mm, Just yeah. the way he delivers that. And then he, transform, he transforms the Hulk, and then he punches that snake thing at the same time. And it just, it's like slow motion. You see the, the effect of the punch, like, travel mm-hmm. from the head all the way to the, the tail of it. That's just sweet. And how it like, completely stops it in its tracks. That's that's freaking sweet. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, I mean, I can't, I mean, this, I just, up until, it's it's a bit of a, it's a close battle for me, but between this and Guardians of the Galaxy for like my favorite Marvel film current. Yeah. Um, up until Guardians, this was like by far one of my favorite movies. I just loved. I just loved how it's just larger than life in a way, and I just love it. Love the the atmosphere of it. I can't wait for for uh, Age of Ultron. There are no strings in Age On of Ultron. Me. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> I can't wait to hear more uh, uh, Ultron impressions <laughs> oh man that I, I need to get a good James Spader voice because his voice man in the oh, Ultron so awesome. oh good lord it's great and I know I know you got I know you you know the Blacklist I haven't watched so it, I haven't seen James Spader in really much of anything yeah he, he is great in that, mo- in yeah, that show he's, he's really good yeah so it's cool to see him in something, you know, huge. Yep. Huge! <laughs> is is, is that the... Okay. <laughs> you're you're uh, a creepy German. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> oh, what, I believe! Yes, that's what happens uh, when we get ah, <laughs> You like the big movie, Ja? Uh, actually, we're just actually... We're doing gold member impressions. <laughs> <laughs> I like gold! <laughs> Oh gosh! Uh, Moving yeah. on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I actually just recently seen that movie, so it's like fresh in my mind. So when he eats the dried up skin, oh gosh, so. <laughs> that's horrible. I'm delicious. Uh, anyways, Nathan, uh, your favorite scenes, please, and your favorite things about this movie. Oh, where to begin on this movie? So obviously. When we first saw Iron Man, right, we were like, you know, it'd be really cool to see a movie where they bring all these comic book characters together and do the Avengers. At, when we saw that in the theater, we didn't, we didn't know that this is where they were heading. But 
at that end credit scene when you see Nick Fury there, you're like, oh man, this is the beginning of something awesome. You know, that entire movie went to another level, another plane, because you knew what the plan was going forward. So from that point on, going on the journey, you know, between Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, Captain America, seeing, and Thor, seeing the team being introduced on their own, we got their story. We know where they're coming from. So that means by the time we get to Avengers now, we don't need any of that story. We already know who these characters are. And that, I think, is probably one of the best things about this film is because everybody gets their introductions in this movie. Um, you know, you got the introduction of Black Widow. You got the introduction of... I don't think Hawkeye gets a very good introduction, honestly. But Black Widow's introduction when she's like being interrogated. Um, and then Coulson calls her, uh, telling her that Barton's been compromised, that whole part there. That is so much fun to watch. And just to see her, you know, as Black Widow acting, she's like, oh, I know, this guy's giving me everything. I was like, I don't give you everything. I mean, that point <laughs> of the movie was, was great. And then, uh, so you kind of see that character's good introduction. Um, that's, and you already actually had her introduction from Iron Man 2, really. So mm -hmm. the adding on to what you said, Jason, about the, you know, feeling cluttered, feeling, you know, there's too much going on. The balance that they had in this movie was awesome. Like, the, it, there was no... You know, it, going into the movie, you were like, it's going to be Iron Man and Friends, right? But really, it wasn't. It was an even playing field about... I think they got a, a, um, about the same amount of screen time between all the big heroes when they're on their own or when they're all together because they're mostly talking to each other or interacting with each other in this movie. And so that helps to, you know give you the balance so the fact that you look at uh, x-men and how they kind of they focus more on one or two characters and then the others kind of get shoved aside you didn't have that at all in the avengers everybody had the same amount of screen time the same amount of story the same purpose there was i mean you could say you could make a case to say that hawkeye and uh, black widow were kind of outmatched they really didn't kind of belong they were the outliers they didn't have any suits or powers but they still felt like they were part of the team they were doing their part and it would be easy in a in a lesser film to kind of just have them take more of a back seat but the fact that they were in the final battle and it showed them still fighting alongside thor alongside the hulk i mean it was great just to see all that interaction going because they were able to to mesh so well with this cast so that's what I'll say on that point. <laughs> um, but favorite scenes with this with this movie, I mean, there's there's so many. Just the script was amazing. the The dialogue that they gave the characters to say, so like you had the interplay between Captain America and uh, Iron Man, where they were talking about, you know, I think it's because of the the Loki Pokey stick sitting there that they were uh, that they were kind of becoming, you know mad at each other i guess you could say but they start poking at each other and it's like you know take away your suit of armor what are you and like a billionaire playboy philanthropist you know that whole <laughs> scene and there that really starts the contention between those two characters because and there's a lot of good back and forth it's like oh you're a spry for an older fella and things like that and the the things that captain america didn't understand he was still acclimating you know there there wasn't a whole lot of time between when we last saw him 
in uh, Captain America the First Avenger and now. So he's still getting used to things. So there's like these these references that people are making. Like, oh, he's like a Stephen Hawking. And he's like, huh? He's like, oh, a, a really smart guy. So you get these little lines like that that, are, that have great payoff. Uh, so the dialogue and the writing was excellent. Uh, there were a lot of great little jokes, a lot of little one-liners that were out there. Uh, when Thor and Loki were fighting, and then Iron Man comes in, Doth thou, mother, knoweth you play with her drapes? Or whatever he said with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, it was perfectly written, perfectly acted. It was just so good. There was, you know... And like I said, building up to this, you, you have a lot of expectations. And so I saw this movie in the theater. I think I saw it like five or six times in the theater. <laughs> and because <laughs> I, I went to the, the first showing. I went to another showing uh, with another friend. I went with my wife because I wanted to take her. And I went and saw it again. I think I saw it another time before it was out of the theaters. And I saw it in IMAX 3D. I saw it in 2D. I saw it in all, of, all the variations, but... I, it's one of those movies that is always on my iPhone. It's always with me that I can just open it up, and I don't even have to watch it. I can just listen to it and appreciate what's going on because, and I don't know, so I'm not a Whedonite. I'm not a huge Josh, Joss Whedon fan, but I watched, you know, Firefly, um, and I've seen some of his other stuff that he's done. This movie kind of made me wonder that I want to go back and watch what he's done because everybody credited the the unity of the team and everything to him. And he's kind of the executive or one of the producers now on all these other movies that are going forward because, you know, he's doing uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. And so he's kind of making sure everything proceeds with his movie right there. So it makes me want to go and watch other things that Joss has done because it was so good of a movie. Um but there's there's just so many scenes that I mean we could spend a lot of time honestly talking about this movie, and still not cover all the nuances and everything that's in it. But out of, out of everything in this movie, the the one of the best things that I think is uh, I'll say two things is when uh, the airship first takes off from the uh, being in the water. You know how Captain America and Bruce are standing there talking. It's like oh they want me in a submarine. That'd be great. And then they say, you know, they start taking off. He's like, oh, this is even better. <laughs> yeah. So, and then before that, there was a line that Nick Fury said to uh, said to Captain America that he'd bet him 10 bucks that nothing would surprise him. And then that little payoff when he gives him 10 bucks when he goes into the, uh, into the, the airship there when he sees him. I mean, it, it didn't have to even say anything, and it paid off excellently. Just the way that... The writing was so solid, and the acting backed it up. It was so great. And then and the other thing, you know, obviously the guy playing Galaga there on the bridge. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just yeah. Those, little, those little jabs. Yeah. But my favorite part, whenever I think of the Avengers, is in the Battle of New York. And they have uh, a scene, and I, again, I can't remember what the name of this shot is, is when it pans from each of them fighting. So it, it starts out with one or two, and then it goes to another person as he flies by, and then it goes to another person as he's there. And it's just a fluid shot that takes you to everybody that's that's fighting at that point. That shot, the fluidity of it, paired with the music and just everything that you're seeing on screen, that shot, that scene, makes this movie for me. Just that 
it's the the culmination is the climax this big battle everybody's everybody's got something that they're doing everybody's going on everybody's fighting and this the scene just shows you through everybody and then brings them all together yeah it's just ah it's so good <laughs> uh yeah another thing like i i know i know what you're talking about too because i do it, it's like one of those scenes where it's like these all these characters as different as they all are they are a team and they work really well together as a team because mm-hmm. um, they've got one enemy, you know, a, one major group of enemies, and they perfectly fight them together. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, like you, well, I was thinking about while you were talking, is uh, the like in their all their individual movies, they all act very like they're very different characters from each other. Oh yeah, um, you know, Iron, you know, Iron Man is a completely different type of character than Thor. Uh huh. Um, but and they keep those personalities going into this movie, and it's still they all work together really well, and that's why there's like a little. I mean, even like yeah, the the Loki sword was there, but I'm sure there is a little bit of tension between them from time to time because they're all so different, but they mm-hmm. still work together as a team, right? And it's really awesome. Um, another th- scene I was just thinking about that I really liked is when uh, Thor. It's in the middle of the New York fight. I think. Thor or Hulk, one of them had like destroyed one of the huge snake things, and they're just standing there next to each other. <laughs> then Hulk just like jokingly like punches Thor and like, he goes flying. <laughs> I was hoping somebody was gonna bring that up. Yeah, I really like that. It's like, yeah, it, like those two are like the most powerful, like you know, physically, and they like it's like a punching on the shoulder to the mo- extreme. Mm-hmm. I love that when, when. Pretty much when when he hulked out the first time and he was about to uh, kill Black Widow, the mm-hmm. Hulk, but then uh, Thor came in there. I mean, you you think honestly at that point Thor's the only person that could stand a chance against him. Yeah. So that it was pretty cool to see that little fight yeah. that they had there. Well, and I, honestly, I didn't really realize like how physically strong Thor was until without his hammer, he still grabbed onto Hulk and like was stopping him. Because mm-hmm. um, I I mean I. It, they make it seem like he needs his hammer, but he's, I mean, he is a god from another world. He is an extremely powerful being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, it's, it was cool to see that fight. I just, I thought that was uh, really well done, that the initial fight with them. And then they fought together at the end, and then obviously Hulk, you know, <laughs> that little jab. Yeah, exactly. So, um... And yeah, you the music is great. Like, you know, like I I completely know what you're talking about. Like, you could listen to this movie and just like get pumped up, not even seeing them, because the music, the way they you know, in the scene structure is all perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's of note too is that Alan Silvestri did the Captain America soundtrack, and then he also did this soundtrack. So that's why there's a lot of similar motifs. Okay. Uh, when you're listening to the soundtrack, um, and so like the Captain America soundtrack, his little his little beat, you hear that quite a bit, and you just hear like the tone and the, the same measures that he's using in Captain America in the first Avenger. So it's pretty cool for that. But so as we wind down, Justin, what do you think your l- give me your movie rankings for the Marvel films thus far? Oh, okay. Um, well, Avengers is absolutely number one. You gotta start with that, right? 
Uh, and then I think it goes Iron Man 2. Uh, Captain America. Iron Man. Thor and Hulk. Respectable. Jason, do you care to give your rankings? Yeah, I would go Avengers top. I will then go, I'm going to go Avengers, Iron Man, uh, First Avenger, Iron Man 2, Thor, and then the Hulks are at the bottom since I haven't really seen them. And (laughs) I I think even if I did, they would still be at the bottom. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, this this one is my tops uh, as well. The culmination, like I talked about, of all these other movies, and just the execution was great. Um, so it goes from first to worst. Um, Avengers, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Captain America, Thor, and then the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Poor Hulk. Hulk mm. sad. <laughs> oh, stars on the bottom. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I got, I got one, I got, one, there's one more thing I want to, like, just real quick to like, talk about, because I'm it, still amazed to this day, like, <laughs> how long do you think Marvel can keep this up? Like, this was the culmination of all these movies, and it was perfect, and now we've got Avengers 2 coming out, and it looks like it's going to be really great, but, like, this is the first time this has ever happened. How long do you think they can, will be watching these superhero movies? Till the end of time. I think what they, they've got going for them is they're going back and they're re- revisiting, you know, characters that aren't so mainstream. You know, what we've got coming up in the future with, like, you know, uh, Doctor Strange and the Inhumans and with Ant-Man, things like that. I think you're bringing characters that people may not know so much about. And I think that's that's one thing that's going to help. But I understand what you're saying and you're just looking at these superhero movies in general because that's that's all the rage now how long is it gonna keep going before it's so saturated especially with you know your with tv offerings between what we have going on with uh flash and arrow to gotham and then what netflix is soon gonna have going with daredevil i mean i hope it just keeps going because i'm a sucker for all of it and i will consume as much as possible yep same here but there, there probably will come a part where they jump the shark. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that it's it's so when Thor first came out, Thor was kind of the are they going to do this? And then it, it worked out okay because they were kind of introducing the whole other realms kind of scenario where the other two were kind of more in uh, more into it. So the uh, the fact that they're going the way they have and it, they pulled off guardians when everybody was thinking that that would be the movie that kind of sunk and it was amazing right the, i mean now everybody's saying like oh doctor strange is going to be the one or ant-man is going to be the one you know the the unknown quantities obviously they're they're still saying that that's going to be it but obviously they're comics that have found an audience um that have stand the test of time so the movies may well also stand the test of time Absolutely. Well, maybe you guys were right. All right. Justin, I know that you have a bit of a time constraint this morning, so I think it's time for you to to go. Uh, I think we'll wrap out the rest of the show, but thank you for your thoughts. All right. And you're on Twitter, right? Go ahead and give me your Twitter. I am on Twitter. You can find me at jpicky86. 
jpicky86. Uh, so I look forward to uh, hearing from anyone. Yeah. So thanks again for uh, joining us again, Justin. And Jason and I will wrap up the rest of the show <gasps> without <on>. you. <laughs> Pressure's on. All right. See you guys later. See you, man. See ya. So uh, as we wrap up the rest of the show, next week what we'll be talking about is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ooh. Uh, have you have you seen that movie? Oh, I have. Good. I have seen. There, there was one film. person on this podcast that <laughs> oh, hasn't, no. but he's gone now, so we can talk about <laughs> oh. it. <laughs> uh, so we we'll be talking Monty Python and the Holy Grail next week. So uh, just be another discussion. Uh, it'll be good to see. And uh, there's, you know, that we've been trying to give away this code for a I, while, I, right? I I wasn't sure if my eyes are just have some sand in them still, and I'm reading this correctly. But this <laughs> this is amazing news. I I've I've heard about this code. It's quite a legendary tale at this point. It is legendary. It is, it is the Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag digital code for Xbox One. And we have been trying to give it away for quite a while now. And unfortunately, it is gone! What? Yes, we have someone who claimed it uh, on Twitter. His ID is Isaac Gonzalez86, I S A A C G O N Z A L E Z 81. I think I said 86. I meant to say 81. <laughs> 81. So, Isaac. Congratulations! I will be direct messaging you the code shortly. Um, so to to win that, he followed Entertaining Pod on Twitter, and he tweeted the hashtag Entertaining Code. And I said you had to just put whatever you wanted, anything, an exclamation point at that point, a comma, a semicolon. <laughs> a if that was your thing. Bar. A space Entry. bar. <laughs> uh, but he actually said, "I hope I win. I need a game for my Xbox One." So Isaac, oh nice. We are happy. To present the code to you this week. So, next week, uh, stay listening. We'll have something else to give away. Uh, and it's not going to be an Xbox One game. It's going <laughs> to be something different. Uh, so, uh, thanks for uh, tweeting at us and entering Isaac. Uh, the code is yours. Congrats, sir. Yeah. So, a uh, question for our listeners and for you, Jason. Ooh. All right. How many times, if more than once... Did you see this movie in the theater? I only saw it the one time in the theater. Only once? Only Man, one, I don't even yeah. know how I could how I could live with all this. Yeah, you know, once we, in the theater. We had, I had talked about going with um, my wife to see it, but we weren't too sure how. Because she's kind of been hit and miss on the Marvel films. She really liked she really liked Captain America. She liked the Iron Man film. She liked. Uh, now that she's seen Avengers, she'd like that too. But we just weren't sure how she'd like it in the theater, like. I knew Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be a little too sci-fi for her taste, and and I thought she was going to walk out of Thor. <laughs> like the whole the whole Asgard stuff at the beginning, that was a little too like slow moving and far fetched for her. And then once it got to Earth and it kind of picked up a bit, and then she was okay with it. Yeah. Coincidentally, I mean, it could have been the Hemsworth abs as well. I'm not sure, but <laughs> oh, he's on he's on Earth now, and now he's in he's got some. Uh, his shirt's off. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> right. But no, I just saw it the one time with my brothers. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, I Like I said, I saw it five times at least. If I'm, I may have honestly forgotten a, a time, but uh, 
it was a movie that I wanted to keep going and seeing and seeing. It was just so good. And, I mean, the box office numbers obviously tell you that, too, because I think worldwide it might be number three in the all-time charts behind uh, Titanic and Avatar, if I'm correct in assuming that. I believe that's right. I think so. Um, so, yeah, I saw it you know, five times, and I brought people with me most of the times I went and saw it. So it's probably from... It's probably made possible by people like me that they can get that much of a box office out of it. <laughs> yeah. So, but question for you, listeners. Go ahead and uh, uh, tweet us on uh, the Twitter, at EntertainingPod. How many times did you see it in the theater, The Avengers? Uh, while you're out there on the interwebs, too, if you want to review us on iTunes and Stitcher, feel free to go ahead and do so. And you can contact us on Twitter, as I said, at EntertainingPod. As well, you can get us an email at thatsentertaining at gmail.com. T-H-A-T-S-E-N-T-E-R-T-A-I-N-I-N-G at gmail.com. Jason, are you on Twitter? What do you have that you do? I am on the Twitterverse. Uh, you will see random tweets about Star Wars, craft beer, homebrewing, and Vidra games, uh, as well as my own podcast, the Flux Depose podcast. Uh, but yeah, you can follow me over at, at JW Lacey, L A C Y, and uh, if that's your sort of thing, and we will have glorious conversation. You are filled with glorious conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am also on the Twitter. I am at S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. I'm sorry I laugh every time you do it because I, I just love your distaste. As you get halfway through it and you're like, oh, God. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I have to spell it out because people like, I've gotten a message for like, oh, I thought it was Sith Nightmare with an N. I'm like, no, right. it's K. So, <laughs> Sith, Sith Nightmare. Sith Medieval Nightmare. Sith Medieval, like, that's right. Uh, but, yeah, so that's me on Twitter. And um, Jason and I also have another project that we do. If you like our our dulcet tones, and if you enjoy Star Wars comics or other literature, what what do we do? Oh, well, you see, you may or may not know that Marvel has this excellent, well, has a few excellent comic series about Star Wars out right now. So we get around semi-regularly, and we discuss each issue uh right now we're talking star wars and uh darth vader um we've got discussions up for uh, star wars one and two and vader number one will be releasing shortly so it's a yeah it's just a good round table discussion with our, our friend josh oaks on uh all things star wars and we call it the holocron council yes so if you want to check that out it is on twitter at holocron council and uh, you can either subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any sort of pod feed catcher, or um, you can go right to my site, fluxdepose.com, and the Holocron Council is hosted up there as well. Excellent. So, for Jason, for Justin, for myself, thanks for listening this week. We hope that you have been entertained. It's time to go get some swarma. <laughs>